0: Testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season, until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. And I beheld, and when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every freeman hid themselves in dens and in rocks of the mountains and said unto the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? Remember last week, we looked at the first eight verses, and the first four seals were opened, which really represent the first half of tribulation. And we looked during that time, the rise of the Antichrist is going to take place. There's going to be famines, wars, pestilence, and one-fourth of the world's population is going to die. What we look at here in chapter, the rest of the chapter, we literally see the end of it all coming together, the last three and a half years of the tribulation. As we go through the book of Revelation, don't take the events in chronological order. Just take, as we go each week, you're going to see how, you can't just go chronologically through the book of Revelation. You'll see that as we go through. But these are real events that are going to take place. I hope you realize that tonight. You know, and Not to mock or do anything like that, but if you turned on the weather channel on Saturday, they made it sound like it was going to be really bad. And there was rain in Chino. I'm just talking about Chino. We're 2 inches, 2.55 inches at the airport. Did you know we had more rain than that in one of our storms this past winter? There was no wind anywhere. L.A. shut their schools down, and they barely had two inches of rain for a day. The media hyped that thing up. Now, in the desert, there were, the mountains got a lot of rain, a lot of flooding in the desert. I get all of that. But they made it sound like it was going to be like, the new, you know, where you turn on the news and you see Florida and the, the palm trees are halfway hanging over. They made it seem like it was going to be really bad. The world does that. God doesn't do that. So when he says a quarter of the population is going to die at this time, it's going to happen. When he says there's going to be an earthquake in all the islands, Catalina won't be in its same spot after that earthquake. Mount Baldy won't be in its same spot after the earthquake. That's what the Bible says right here. The Bible says that stars are going to fall from heaven on the earth. It says that the sky is going to be rolled back as a scroll and literally they're going to see God on his throne and want to die because of it. That's not made up. That's not exaggerated like we do. If God says it in his word, that's what happens. So don't get, we get, we just, I'm just, I knew the other day, I'm like, and this is the thing. And I'm glad, and we look in the room, some of you, You didn't want, like, Mona driving from your place up here. I'm glad you didn't drive that distance. Sunday night when I saw Joyce in here with those roads across here, I didn't think she should have driven those roads that night. When I saw Barbara Sunday morning drive her car by, and I'm like, oh, no, Barbara, Barbara, Barbara. And when when the ground is dry, I worry about her driving and walking, let alone when there's any water. And so I'm not saying there's anything wrong with staying home in that like you did. What I'm saying is our world just hypes everything up and rarely does it ever come to fruition. God doesn't hype anything up. What he says happens. And this is literally the future of the earth. We look at this passage tonight and really what we see in the fifth and sixth seal, we see there are prayers from people in heaven being made to God. And there are prayers here on earth Not being made to God, but being made to nature to take their lives. What we see here is we see prayers in heaven and prayers on earth. The fifth and sixth seal during the wrath of God, the final three and a half years of the tribulation. We're going to talk about this tonight. Father, we thank you for this evening. And I pray that you guide us and help us as we look at this passage tonight. That you just meet with us and work in our lives and help us as we look here that you would just guide us as we look at this passage and help us to see what your word says. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. For one, as we dive into the outline, we see the tribulation saints in heaven. We see them once again. But this, these that are mentioned here, we look down at verse number 9. It says, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. What that says is there will still be people getting saved during the tribulation time. And their lives will be taken for Jesus Christ. And as we look here and as we dive in, we see these saints that are mentioned here. This is not referring to all of us. Because a lot of us will not die for our faith. We might die of old age. That's a a good way, that's a good one to die for, right? Old age and it just happens in your sleep, that's good. But this is referring to those who have died for the cause of Jesus Christ. Peter will be among those here. John will be among those here. All the Christians that have been martyred since the days of Jesus Christ. Stephen will be here. All of them will be here before the Lord. We mentioned on Sunday the fact that as we look here, we see the altar mentioned here. And this altar I mentioned before, we mentioned on Sunday in Hebrews 8, verse number 5, it says, Who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle, for see, saith he, that they will make all things according to the pattern shown to thee in this mountain. And as we look at this, we understand that fact that literally what Moses made of the tabernacle was literally, it's a copy of what is in heaven. And these souls are there, and these are the ones who have given their lives for the gospel. Now, there are some things that we see here, and some thoughts I want you to see. Do you see the fact that there are souls that are there? There's a doctrine out there that a lot of people like and follow, this thing of soul sleep. That the soul are, you think about that, that these souls are lying in their bodies waiting for the resurrection to take place. We see right here that the souls are already there. I think that kind of does away with that idea of that soul sleep. Also, I, see, I don't see anything about um, being in purgatory or anything like that. There's another little thought right there. There are many people that have lots of thoughts about those things. But it's a lot better to go with just what the Bible says and stick to what the Bible says. But as we look here, we look at these people, and let's look at a few things about them. First of all, letter A We see their sacrifice in verse number 9. Verse 9 tells us, And I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. The word slain means to butcher or to slaughter. And these are the people who have turned to faith in Christ and have died for their faith. And there are some out there that say this only refers to those that died during the tribulation for their faith. The first part of the tribulation... I don't think that's true, because as I mentioned, Stephen died for his faith, right? Peter did. I believe this is all those who have been martyred for the gospel. There have been many that have been martyred through the years, and we look at these things, they held fast, and so what's going to happen is, what we've got to realize is, during the tribulation too, there's going to be people that get saved. What we'll see when we get into chapter number 7, we see that 12,000 out of each of the tribes of Israel literally will go around the world and people will get saved. But one of the things that we got to realize, as there are people that get saved, if someone heard the gospel and had a chance to receive Christ before the tribulation comes, they're not going to receive him during the tribulation time. The Bible tells us in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2 and verse 11, for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they shall believe a lie. It's one of the reasons why I'm not big on the left-behind movies. They give a false impression that you can know the gospel, and then after the tribulation begins, you're, it's all going to click in your head, and you're going to pray, and you're going to get saved. That's not what the Bible teaches. If you had an opportunity to receive Christ, and the Spirit of God convicted you of your need, and you rejected Christ you're not going to receive him during the tribulation. Where that verse comes from. Read the verses, verse 10 and 9 right before it, and you'll see all these things right there. And when we look and we think about the history of the church, and we think about those who have been persecuted and martyred for their faith, and and we go back to our founder of our faith, right? Jesus Christ, he was martyred for being Jesus. Stephen was stoned to death. For preaching the gospel. There have been millions that have been put to death for their faith in Jesus Christ. They've been crucified. They've been burned alive. Burned at, uh, put, uh, burned at the stake. Um, sawn in half. Drowned, stoned. Had animal skins placed around them while wild beast devoured them and tore them apart. Nero would dip them in wax and light them on fire to light up his gardens at night, those that were Christians and that professed Jesus Christ. And all the way along, Christians have been martyred. And even today in our world, there are Christians around the world that are being martyred daily for their faith. And when we look here, this is what this is talking about. Those who have given their lives for the gospel. Those who have died a martyr. You know we have it—we have it so easy today. We do. You could go to certain places in the world today, and you could not just walk into a building and bring your Bible in and sit here and hear the Word of God preached. You literally have to do it in hiding, and if they find you, they might kill you for doing it. I wonder what would happen, or when that day comes. It's going to happen before. It's going to happen in America, where you get in trouble for going to church. It's gonna happen. Will you go to church? Or will you not? Oh, I will, I'll be there, Pastor. You weren't here during COVID. And that was just a threaten of a fine, not jail time. Canada they put people in jail for going to church. Not in America, but Canada's just a little bit further than we are. We're not far behind. And that guy that kind of runs Canada and Gavin Newsom, they're a lot alike. They're a lot alike. Little, anyways, I'll leave that alone. Watch what I say right there. But what will you do? Literally, for preaching the gospel, many have died. And we have freedom to give the gospel. And we don't. It's just something to really think on. You see these they we see their sacrifice letter B we see their prayers to God you look at verse 10 they cried with a loud voice saying how long O lord holy and true dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth and this is where this is where those and I've got I've got tons of commentaries tons of books on revelation and this is where this is why people say well this is only those that this is only the tribulation saints that have died for their faith, is referring to them because they want their vengeance taken out on those who've taken their life. That's where they get that thought from. But I, as I read this and I see it talks about the souls them that were slain for the Word of God, it just makes sense to me to be all those who have been slain. And could I be wrong? Sure, I could be wrong. Maybe that book that I read about understanding Revelation now, or I'll understand it all then. We'll see. But we see that they cry here with a loud voice. They make a petition. They offer a prayer. And not a prayer like Jesus said, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. And didn't Stephen even pray a prayer similar? God, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. But it's not a prayer like Jesus prayed, or even a prayer like Stephen prayed. What we see here is this prayer is a prayer for judgment. This is a prayer asking God to take out his vengeance here judge we see a prayer like this in psalm 94 verses 1 through 4 O lord god to whom vengeance belongeth O god to whom vengeance belongeth show thyself lift up thyself thou judge of the earth render reward to the proud lord how long shall the wicked how long shall the wicked triumph how long shall they utter and speak hard things and all the workers of iniquity boast themselves we don't see a lot of prayers that way And even Jesus said that we are to love our enemies. Bless them that curse you, right? And do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. That's in the day of mercy and grace. In the time of God's wrath, there is no mercy and grace, it's done. God's wrath will be unleashed on the earth when God is ready and the time is there. You notice that it says that go rest a while, meaning it's not quite time. But God does get vengeance, and God does, does judge righteously. Now we look today, and you can think whatever you want to think about anything you want to think, politics or anything else. It's amazing to me how the judges in the United States are political. Judges should not be political at all. I don't want, and, and I would call myself a strong, I don't, I don't even like calling myself a Republican anymore, as bad as a lot of these Republicans are. I'm a strong conservative. I'll say that right now. I don't want a judge to be a strong conservative. I want them to be a strong follower of the Constitution. I don't want them to be liberal or conservative. I want them just to do what the Constitution says. Follow it. There are laws out there. Judge according to the laws. You don't see that today. And you're seeing before our very eyes things that have never happened before in our eyes with presidents and things like that. But I will say this. When you are very proud... God will humble you. And I think that someone did need to be humbled. And I think God's doing that. And that's God's job to take care of all that stuff, not mine. But the thing is, I look and it just disgusts me how judges judge today. It makes, it doesn't follow the law. It follows their political thoughts. God is not going to be following any political thoughts someday. He has a book by which he will judge, righteously by his book. And every judgment is righteous and true and what it should be. And I'm thankful for that, and I can't wait for the day. And Well, I can, because I think of those that need to come to Christ. But I'm glad to know we have a righteous judge that's going to judge this thing, and that it will be fair and done right. There's a lot more I could say about that. But we see these souls, those who have given their lives for the gospel, we see they are there, and we see that they're, they've sacrificed. We see this prayer. We also see the fact that they've been saved because of the fact, and we see their salvation letter, see They're given a white robe, and that white robe represents salvation. It's what it represents. And when you think about tonight, we aren't walking around in white robes, but in all reality, when you come to Jesus Christ, you've been imputed righteousness. And the righteousness of Christ has been placed upon us. And that's what those white robes represent. And we see that these saints are praying to God, God, when are you going to do this? When's this going to happen? These folks have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. They're being comforted by the Lord. He's saying, I will do what I'm supposed to do, and I will do you right. But you wait. You're not God. I am. It would do us all good in our lives is to remember who God is. We're not God. He is. Let him do things in his time and what he thinks is best. And quit trying to play God for God because none of us could do one thousandth of one percent as good as God does with everything that he does. We see the prayers of the saints, those that have given their lives, but also, number two tonight, we see the tribulation centers on earth. Look at verse number 12. We, it says, And I beheld, when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll... When it is rolled away, and every mountain and island were moved out of their place. Every do you see that? Every? Not some, every. And the kings of the earth, and great men, and the rich men, and chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man hid themselves in dens and in rocks and of the mountains, and said to the rocks, to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne. And from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath has come. And who shall be able to stand? Isn't it interesting to note that they're not, God have mercy on us? God, we're sorry? No, they're asking the rocks and the hills to fall on them. They still won't turn to God. They, they don't want it. So we look here and we see these things. The first thing that we see about what's going on here on earth during the last three and a half years of the tribulation, the first thing we see, letter A, is the fact that the world's in turmoil. There was an earthquake just the other day, wasn't there? Did any of you feel the earthquake? I didn't feel the earthquake. And I, and there are some earthquakes you feel, some you don't. I always, as a kid, uh, liked sleeping through them. That was always a good thing, you know. I think the, the one earthquake I remember really waking up for as a kid was the Northridge one. And so, and I remember I was on my bed, and then I just rolled onto the floor, and you could, like, feel the ground shit. It was pretty cool to, to, have, to do, as it was happening, go out in the garage and see all these boxes that had fallen over. But we think about, what was a 5.1 the other day? And that made big news, too. Everything makes big, big news. They say that back in... Um, 1811 and 1812 that there was a series of earthquakes in Arkansas that literally rearranged the landscape of the area caused rivers to change course and the sky was filled with dirt and ash and it caused fires I wasn't around in 1811 or 1812 but that's what they say that sounds like a pretty bad bad earthquake to me I remember we were in Montana and I started a Christian school there and we had, a, we had a science fair project thing the kids were doing. And one of the kids, he decided to do his on earthquakes. So he got up, and, and I was kind of following his thing the whole time. I was his teacher, and I was kind of following along with his whole thing. And I knew he didn't read one book. I knew he would watched a movie or two about earthquakes. I know that's what he did. And literally, he's getting up in front of all the kids, and he's like, when an earthquake comes... The ground opens up and splits, and things fall in there. And he's going on and on. And he didn't really read any books about earthquakes and things like that. I know you might see your different movies and the San Andreas Fault and all that stuff. And you know, is maybe that's when California is going to fall off into the ocean with this great earthquake that the Bible mentions right here? Um, But as we look, this is this great earthquake does quite the damage here on Earth. Not only, think about that earthquake that caused, um, what was that, um, that volcano up in Oregon? Yeah, M- Mount St. Helens. There was that earthquake, didn't, didn't the earthquake, didn't, isn't that what set it off? I believe it was an earthquake that set that off. And that had some pretty, the ash that came from that and things that happened from that. But think about the fact that this earthquake is so violent and so bad that literally the mountains you see out here will not be in the same place when it's done. The islands will not be in the same spot where they are. That is how bad this earthquake's gonna be. And not only do we see this earthquake, but what else is mentioned here? It mentions the earthquake, the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. We see that literally the stars are falling out of the sky. Maybe meteors are falling. There's a, um, a crater in Arizona, in Wins- Winslow. Um, the Beringer Crater is the name of it. It was formed when a meteor, get this, this meteor was 90 and 150 feet in as It slammed into that area there. And that impact of that 90 by 150 foot diameter meteor literally left a 4,000 foot across two and a half miles in circumference and 550 feet hole in Winslow, Arizona. It says a lot are going to be falling. Think about the damage that's going to take place. Literally, when you look at this, the Bible literally says here that the heavens, the sky, is going to be rolled back as a scroll. Literally, the earth is in chaos. The sky is in chaos. Everything is trembling because of the wrath of God. And literally, when it's rolled back, I believe they see the throne of God and see God. And they don't want to see God. And they want nothing. That's why they want the rocks and everything to fall on them. The sun, the moon, all these things, the earth is in total chaos. But not only is the earth in complete turmoil and in judgment, but let her be, we see the unsaved during this time. We look at verse 15. It says, and the kings of the earth, and the great men and the rich men the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every freeman hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sound the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath is come and who shall be able to stand you now that word for lamb there is like a little lamb the wrath of a little lamb the lamb that was sacrificed for us, it's not the wrath of just a little lamb. It's the wrath of God. And you know how you don't, you know, you don't want to, there are certain people you don't want to make angry. Because if you get them upset, it's not going to be good. And you know, and, and growing up in my house, and even with my mom at my house right now, if my mom ain't happy. Nobody's happy amazing how that works even earlier tonight there was something dad went to the doctor and since my dad went to the doctor my mom was there with the kids in caroline but if my dad's gone any length of time from her she can't handle that and so with her mind where it's at with things she literally just loses it with it all and so she was just giving me a hard time this afternoon she called me a buffoon I didn't, she called me a buffoon, and I thought that was a great word for her to use. <laughs> and I'm laughing about it, and she's like, it's not funny if I call you a buffoon. Oh, okay, that's, you know, and, uh, but she's one of those, and especially, because I told my dad, we're driving back, and I'm like, you know, when we get back, you know how mom's going to be. He's like, I know. I'm like, why do you have to hurt yourself so you have to go to the doctor? And I said, it's your own fault. You need to suffer with it. Not me. It's not my fault, but I'll be the one. She'll be nice to him. She'll take it out on me, but anyways... And I'm thinking, was I really that bad as a kid that I'm getting? It's, you reap what you sow, right? That's what they say. I never called her a buffoon, but I get called a buffoon today. And so that was a g- I'm like, Mom, that's a big word. That's, a, I'm, that's impressive. And, um, but, you know, growing up, my dad, was, would my mom, she, she would get, you didn't want to get my dad not happy. Because my dad, he was a happy, go lucky guy. He was, you know, and it really took a lot to get him upset. So you didn't want to get him upset. Because when he got upset, it just wasn't good. And he hardly ever got upset. But when it happened, you know, in all reality, like how, like Joe. That's how my dad is a lot like Joe. And just very happy. But every once in a while, that could flip. And you didn't want to see that in our house. And so, and I don't think, I don't thi- is your dad that way, Michael? Is he that same way? Do you get scared? Yeah. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Anyways. God is a merciful God and a gracious God but someday it's going to run out and his wrath will be unleashed on this earth and on those that haven't trusted in him. When we look here, we look at this group and we see the unsaved in their turmoil. We see a few things here. First of all, number one, what do they see? Well, the first thing that they see is that literally the world's not stable anymore. Do you know, as crazy as the world is today, the sun still comes up every morning. And almost every night, the moon is there. And there are stars in the sky. Every day when we get up around here, the mountains are right there. You live near an island, the islands are right there. So even if everything gets shaky around us in our lives, the sun's still coming up. The sun's not coming up. It's been rolled back. It's dark. The stars are falling on the earth. Literally, they see any comfort they could have in things being there are gone. I Just the other day, you know, you... It's amazing how everything has to change at some point, right? Everything changes around us. It's like, why can't they just leave things alone? By where I grew up, the house I grew up in, my parents, they still live in that house. Well, they live in my house right now. They should be getting back to their house soon. There's always been, I could get off the freeway at Baxter. I could close my eyes, and I could just, I can just go, and I could curve, it's a bad turn. I could go with the road. I could follow that whole thing. They decided to build a big hospital building right there, And they added four lanes at the exit. It's not the same as it's always been. Everything changes. And do you know, and what happens is, it happens, I hear the older you get, the worse it is. The older we get, the less we like change. Right? Is that true? It is true. Yeah, it is true. So imagine all those here on earth that all these people disappeared all this war has happened, all these things, and now literally the sun's done, coming up. The skies rolled back. There is no comfort left. That's what they see. Number two, what are they saying? They're literally, in verse 15 and 16, the mighty men, kings of the earth, maybe the president at this time, whatever the president will be, You don't look so mighty when you see an almighty God before you. There are a lot of people that think they're pretty powerful here on earth today and think they have power to do a lot of different things. There are judges that think they're pretty powerful too. You see the king on the throne, you're not going to be feeling like you got much power. And what are they saying? They're they're literally asking the mountains, crying out for the rocks and the mountains, fall on us and kill us! but they're crying out. As I mentioned, they're not even crying out to God. They've rejected Him long enough, and they're going to continue to reject Him. You see, they're crying out for these rocks and these hills to fall on them. But not only that, you see, and then the third thing, what are they seeking? They're trying to get away from God and His wrath. They're running to the hills, all these things. You know, they talk about how cavemen have been in our past. They're going to be cavemen in the future. They're going to be running to the hills, right? Into the rocks and things of that nature. And in the New Testament, there are two words for wrath. One of them in Greek is, um, is thermos or ther- thumis, something like that. And that's like a sudden outburst of anger. You know, you've seen somebody who, you know, everything's going good, then one second, there's just an outburst, and then it's gone. That's that type of anger. There's another word for anger, which is um, O-R-G-E. I don't know how you would even say it. It speaks of anger that rises slowly like water, and it builds up, and there's a dam that's there, And then finally the water builds up so much the dam breaks and all the water goes. It has the idea of patience, 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 patience. Long-suffering. And finally, done. That's literally it. Some of you, I woke you up. You're welcome. I wanted you to know we're at the last point so you can get ready to close your Bibles and get ready to go home. So I'm glad that you were, some of you, and some of you almost, it's good to know your heart still works good, right? And number four, and lastly here, what are they sensing? The fact is they're sensing their time's up. God is going to unleash his wrath. God is not messing around. And that's literally what we see we literally see two prayers being made in this passage. The martyred saints in heaven are praying for God to judge sin. And the lost sinner on earth is praying for the rocks to rescue them from God. Do you see how, how stupid that thinking is? It doesn't make sense. But when you're unsaved, none of it makes sense. what it comes down to you either get the grace of God or the wrath of God It's all that there is and Jesus suffered the wrath of God so that we could have the grace of God and if we don't want the grace of God then we can suffer the wrath of God and you know why people have to eternally pay for the wrath of God because they can never pay it off and why, do we, why once and for all Jesus died? Because he paid it off one time, one sacrifice for all. It makes no sense to me why you wouldn't want God's grace and why you would want the wrath of God. makes no sense. If you're here and you don't know Christ, the best thing you can do is come to salvation and know Christ. If you're a Christian in this room, the best thing you can do is go tell someone about Jesus so that they don't have to go through what we're reading about here. This should, I hope that this study through the book of Revelation more than anything, gets you a passion to tell others about Jesus. We have passion to tell people a lot of things in this world. How about giving the gospel of Jesus Christ? That's what people need today. And you want to help your family that's unsaved? Tell them about Jesus. Be an example to them in how you live. Let this study be an encouragement to tell more people. That's what we need today. Father, we thank you for these truths. And I know we look at them, and it's like, how in the world is that all going to take place? It's going to be bad. The truth is, it is going to be bad. And we know that your wrath will be unleashed. I want to thank you tonight for salvation, and thank you for your grace and your mercy. I pray that you'd help each of us to be a witness, to share our faith, and to get the gospel to those around us. We can't make anyone get saved, but we can tell anyone that we see. Father, help us. Bless the rest of our week. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. You're dismissed. Have a good night.